I've noticed that white people tend to really like mayonnaise more than black people. And I wonder why that's the case. The answer from a critical race theorist is systemic racism. It's white supremacy because, of course, white people do it. So it must fill in. It it fills in the gaps. We can't explain it. So what we do is we just say it's the system. It's a racist system. And I'm finding that's mushier and mushier. And the mushier it gets, the more bullshit smell comes off of it. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I mean I, so what is that? Well, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing I'm, I'm actually, and I, this may or may not be the title that I use. Yeah. Because the title, but again, since I'm not on social media, I don't give a fuck. So I'm going to write whatever I want to write. And I really like that freedom. But right now, the, the working title of the piece I'm working on is called McCarthyism in Blackface. Jesus Christ. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast is a production of LiterateApe.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. Oh man, what a week it's been. I, uh, are you okay? I was worried about you. I haven't seen you. Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. You haven't seen me because... You've just uh, been so quiet. No, I've 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 been living my life. I've Where? Uh, prove you it. Know, here, How do I believe in, you? Here in Las Vegas, you can check me out on Instagram at dr hall, but uh, that's about it. Because you're you're not on Facebook. I searched I am, for you. I searched for I, you over and over again, and I couldn't find you. I I am no longer on Facebook or Twitter. That's well, true. What are you What are you doing with your? I don't understand. I'm so what? How? Why would you do such a? <gasps> <gasps> Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm getting the vapors. I'm getting the vapors. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this idea that someone would not like to have social media in their lives. Yeah, what? And you didn't even write a goodbye po- You didn't even no. say goodbye. Well, the thing is, I did write, it was very funny. I did write uh, like a paragraph, like explaining just a, the basic explanation of it. And then, and then put that up and thought, oh, I'll leave it up for a little while so people can see it. And then like 10 minutes later went, you know, fuck that. And I just de- deactivated everything. I don't give a shit what people think. That's the whole point. I don't give a shit what people think. I'm getting off of this fucking train. I what have did, no what more did you use write? to it. Because I didn't see it. Uh, the only reason I know that you're off Facebook is uh, is because you told me. Well, you that's said, because thinking, we had... Yeah, yeah. yeah I, te- I texted you. I'm thinking about getting off Facebook. And you're, you're an administrator for the Literate Ape Facebook yeah. page. So that would still be good. What do you think? And by the time you fucking got back to me, I'd already done it. It was already gone. Well, yeah, and, and I you- didn't realize how long it had been, like 45 minutes, maybe an hour yeah. in between yeah, texts. I but could- I wrote, okay, hold on. Let's talk about it. Yeah, and I'd already Because done I wanted it. It to like- get like the why and then have you cut it off. And then but have- yeah, yeah. In, no, typical, in typical downhill fashion... You thought just of like, it, fuck it. You did it. Yeah. 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 That's just who I am. It's that's like, your, yeah, that's I'm your done. Brain. When you're done, you're done. And yes. I was done. So I realized, uh, well, and ultimately that was the thing is I, I was thinking, I've, you know, I, you and I've had this conversation for probably years now. The yeah. only reason at, at a certain point, the only reason I even had Facebook and Twitter was because it, it expanded our, our, you know, reach yeah. with literate ape. And, uh, 
you know, I've been thinking about it. And lately, you know, you got Zuckerberg, you know, who's uh, really okay, kind of okay with uh, Facebook being this haven of disinformation and misinformation. And you've got Twitter. And if you spend, and I had never spent a whole lot of time on Twitter before yeah. the, the shutdown. And it's just a fucking cesspool. It's a cesspool oh, of fucking I never spent time on Twitter and bullshit. And and I and that was and so I've been thinking about it lately. And Rob Kozlowski wrote something. Well, I I posted something on Facebook of all things um, that J.K. Rowling had written. You know, she's been attacked by trans activists right yeah. lately, and she just wrote this sort of like very nice like thirty five hundred word thing. Like, and it's I almost have, like she's a good writer. Well, you know, the thing I think is funny is that her, her essay was, yeah. was far better than any of the Harry Potter books. Yeah. Because I've always, I've always felt like her writing in the early days of the Harry Potter are just like a little bit like Dan Brown, which no, is a little okay. bit like yeah. a really like a really interesting eighth grader said, hey, I got an idea. <laughs> so that's always been my assessment of her writing. I love the stories, but yeah. really, come on. Um, <laughs> a really interesting eighth grader, just in general yeah. about the eighth graders' personality. Yeah, yeah. Not, this not is, specific I've, to their writing at all. Just like, well, well their writing what an ability. Interesting kid. Yeah, what an interesting kid. And well, okay, what an imagination. See, like a really well, a, a really well, a literate eighth grader, which is about all I can say. Yeah, which isn't that literate, but illiterate enough to go. Oh, they're trying. Mm, yeah, you know, and uh, but she put it on there, and so I just said, "Hey, this is something, if you're interested in this, this is something to read." I thought it was interesting, and Rob Kozlowski was, "Yeah, yeah," because she's being attacked, just like death threats and all, you know, yeah. all that nonsense that you get yeah. from fucking Twitter. He he basically wrote that that he was really considering that he's finding less and less reason to be on these platforms, and I read that and I went, "How necessary is this to just it, to my life?" Mm-hmm. And I realized that it's not, it's not necessary. And yeah. then I realized, well, okay, if it's not necessary, how enjoyable is it for my life? And I realized that there are some things that are enjoyable, but mostly it's not. Yeah. And I went, if these things are neither, neither necessary nor enjoyable, the fuck am I doing on it? It's, so Marie I'm Con- done. it's the Marie Kondo question. Does it bring you joy? Yeah. Does it bring you joy? And, yeah. and I realized that social media, uh, for the most part, I like Instagram because how how angry and shitty can you be with a picture, you yeah. know? And and you know that, that yeah. that's that it's a little bit more fun. As soon as it gets more highly uh, siloed into political perspective and opinion, um, that's one of the best things I have is you can comment on Instagram, mm-hmm. but I never read the fucking comments. Yeah, I just look at the pictures. I just look at the pictures. Let the pictures speak for themselves, and and that's it. You know. Yeah. And uh, and that's fun. That's more fun. And so yeah. So I just got rid of. I, I mean, I deactivated Facebook, um, erased it completely. It means that my Don Hall Vegas page is gone. It means that my Wild Wild West gambling hall page that I created is gone. Yeah. But uh, and Twitter, I just boom. I got rid of it. We still have a literate ape Twitter, right. but I don't really. I, not, I don't comment. Yeah. I, you know, that's the thing. It's not really. It's just. It's literally there to post. Literate ape shit. That's it, yeah. and uh, and so that's good. So I'm and actually, and, and it's like it's only been a couple of days. And I'm like I'm suddenly free, and I feel it's just like yeah, I just didn't really need it. I don't. Do you miss have it that a much. a tick to go like on your phone and like go to the Facebook app? Like is that no, the, it's the, gone. Ha- the habit of it. Well, no, I, I know it's gone, but like oh. the habit of and you're like oh right, it's gone. Like 
No, actually, Did once you, I no? got rid of it and I deleted all the apps from my phone and my and I deleted all the passwords mm-hmm. and everything, I went into my iPad. Got I pretty much just got rid of all of it. Yeah. And uh, no, I read a lot more news now, like actual fucking news, and not where do you find bullshit. it. You know, I find it on online magazines, much like literateape.com. Oh, okay. How about that? You know, it's what a crazy. novel idea. What a novel yeah. idea. What a novel idea I, to read, read actual news. I can remember, news. wait, this is I, years ago, maybe like 2010-ish. I think before, sure. before Facebook got as vile and twisted as it is. Oh, yeah. When in 2009, when 2008, 2009, Facebook was really just sort of a more a more advanced version of what he intended it to be in the beginning, yeah. which was, are you who's hot and who's not? It's a way to yeah. check out people and maybe connect with, you know, your mom was never on Facebook in 2009. Right. That so was like a like, solid joke in 2012. Like, oh, my mom's on Facebook now. Or, yeah. 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 You know, it's like mom was on Friendster if she was at all on anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I remember I remember in 2008, you know, I was still doing message boards yeah because that was a better you know and so facebook wasn't for that and then it around well the thing about it is you can say that there's a a whole lot of things that changed around 2014 2015 yeah um because if you really really want to look at the partisan divide in this country that's kind of when it started that was when things really started going off the rails um yeah i had but i remember thinking at one point like that's right. I aggregate my news as Facebook because I get it from all these different people who is posting yeah. what, and that allows me to go. Oh, let's check that, and then I do my own research. That yeah. was one time, a one-time moment, years and years and years ago, and yeah. very quickly I was like, "Oh, I can't. What am I fucking crazy? No, David, yeah. you can't use this as your aggregator. It's fucking insane." Yeah, and, insane. and part of it, part of it, and I've said this for a couple of years, is that just it's just the existence of social media has made me. I will I will be kind about it and say like people less. Yeah. The less kind is despise humanity more. <laughs> you know? I just get, and, and I I just get annoyed I just, and stressed really quickly, really early in the morning. Or like yeah. the times of the day when I don't need to. If I'm like, oh, let's just see what's going on. Like if I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm like, yeah. and I leave taking a shit, I'm supposed to feel better. And I'm just like, I'm agitated. Yeah. I just have no interest in yeah. it. It's like, okay. And, uh. And so, yeah, that's the thing is the reason I'm not going to write a post about it. I'm not going to write anything for literary, but it's like, who gives a fuck if I'm on Facebook or not? Well, nobody gives a shit. I told my mom, I told my mom I was doing it. My mom got rid of her Facebook. I mean, I've thought about it a couple of times, but I need it. One of us has to be on there for literary, but I'm so you take the hit. I'll take the hit. And I'm, yeah, I'm backing off of it more and more just because I I realize that I do like I'll finish shitting yeah. and be like, why am I so oh because I just spent I the last tr- three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah. Just I tried scrolling well, through. Well, I tried to do that where it was like I'm just gonna leave Facebook there and there have been moments where I was like, I'm gonna delete it off my phone, I'm just gonna let it be there for posting. And I realized, you know, it's sort of like sort of like a meth addict yeah. who says, you know what? I'm not gonna smoke the meth. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have it sit on my coffee table. Yeah. I'm not going to take a hit, right. but it's just going to sit on the coffee table to remind me that it's there. You're going to fucking smoke. And that was what Facebook was. Like, I'm not going to participate in it, except it's right here on my motherfucking phone, and I got to know what's up. I well, got to I mean, know what people are doing. In a weird way, you're still kind of 
doing that because Instagram is owned by Facebook, so you're still giving well, Mark yeah. Zuckerberg the power to be a, and that, a and, and, and quite frankly, that is and that's the thing is that's part of my it's part of the experiment of the less yeah. lack of better way to put it is if I find Instagram uh, doing the same thing and 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 part yeah. you know me me finding is this necessary or enjoyable right now I find Instagram enjoyable mm-hmm. so at least it's fun. If I start finding that it's really that the 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 the, the, the pendulum shifts over to the not fun because mm-hmm. it's completely unnecessary. If it if it pendulums over to this is not fun, this is just causing me stress and wasting a lot of my time. I'm gonna get rid of that too. Yeah, you know because yeah. it's like I don't I just don't have any fucking interest in any of this. Dana, who's never she had a Facebook for like a day and then said fuck yeah. this noise. Yeah, and so she's not been she's never done Twitter. She likes Instagram. And she's actually finding a lot of fun with Goodreads, which is a little clunky mm-hmm. when it she comes to social about media. That, yeah. But you know, it's like she's she's engaging with people that are are readers that have interesting things to say about the books that she, they're recommending. She gets to recommend books, and there's, so there's something a lot more social mm-hmm. about that social media. Facebook is no longer social media; it's anti-social media. It is an opportunity yeah. to silo off people. Into increasingly limited perspectives on the world, and to scream that at everybody, and to shame people into believing what you want them to believe, and to—I mean, you know—that's one of the things I thought about Twitter is like, you know, I and I haven't really posted a lot on Twitter, but the idea that I would care enough about Twitter, like major corporations or individuals, that the Twitter mob would come after me. Yeah. Um, they can't come after me now because I don't give a fuck. Right. If they want to come mob me, they got to come to my goddamn they place or or house. They yeah. got to get up off their ass and come to my place and pick at my ass, Write which nobody's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, if you really want to, if you really want to argue with my perspective, I'm going to write what I write for Littered Ape. I don't give a fuck if you like it or not. I'm yeah. writing it for a purpose. There's a comment section. If you feel like you've got, if you feel, if you get a bone to pick with me, put it in the comment yeah, section. Yeah, put it in the comment and section. And I will, and I will always answer it because uh, that's, that's our platform not the world's so my last question for you on this because I, I fully support what you're doing yeah, right on yeah. dude right on um i will miss you i do need to let my grandmother know that you're no longer on facebook so when she writes vg don hall she can't tag you in it i don't know if she's figured that out yet yeah um, don't you don't have to tell her anything i love that my grandmother is she's got the little diamond next to her name she's top, engaged top fan with literate or whatever the yeah. hell that that diamond thing means but anyway so my question for you is this: Is like, yeah, you're avoiding all of the, all of the illness, all of the sick sewage that is that is Facebook. But how are you going to know when a friend you haven't spoken to in 20 years, when their dad dies, or their mom is sick and they need your prayers? How are you going to find that stuff out? You know, I, I I had to, I did, I had to really struggle with that, and I realized that the people, the people that I actually give a flying fuck about. <laughs> I can talk to them in so many other different ways. Than Weird. Find, it's crazy that, yeah. you know, I can FaceTime and I can Zoom now and I can call and there huh. are texts and emails and hard let, like actual written letter. I mean, there's all so of these you ways become, to communicate. If you become curious about, like, if if you're curious about how I'm doing, like, we haven't talked in a week or something or whatever, and you say, like, I wonder how David's doing. I can you, ask you. You can't go to, oh. But I like, can actually ask you how you're doing. Huh. I don't have to lurk. I don't have to lurk like a fucking voyeur in your closet going, here's hmm. David playing with his kid. I don't have to do oh, that. Tell you what, speaking of kids, it yeah. has been a really quiet week because my kid hasn't been here. 
It's they just, own, what? It's, it's just, we got rid of him. We sold him off. We're like, this is a I, good looking white boy. He will get us a lot of money. That'll fetch no, some cash. What? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say you better sell him now because in about two oh, I know. years, it's, a good looking off, white yeah. boy, the, the depreciation white boy is not, No, it's exactly. not the thing. Because he's Mike, a rapist. He's Mike a rapist Ch- and a racist. <laughs> yeah. You know that, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. That's why we got rid of him. I mean, the stock is dropping. Like, look, yeah, children stock are like stocks. Fast. You got to buy and sell when you yeah. look at the futures, yeah. man. Look at the futures. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that's a stock term. Futures, right? I, I don't know. I've I don't never know. done yeah. stock. I don't give a shit about that stuff. See, that's how unprivileged I am. I don't even know what futures are in stocks. Um, yeah, no, the kid, we got rid of the kid for a week. He's down at his grandparents in good old Hammond, Illinois, uh, with Katie's parents. Because we were going to go this time, I guess like right now we'd be packing up and leaving for Israel if COVID hadn't yeah. happened. Because my dad just had his 70th birthday on Thursday. And as his 70th birthday, he wanted to take the whole family to Israel. So my brothers and me and our wives. And Harry was going to stay back because he's too young um, and annoying to deal with on a, you know, on a trip to Israel. Yeah. Um, or a trip overseas like that anyway. Um, not specifically Israel. Um, so we were going to give him to his, to his grandparents for that week. And we figured, well, since we're not going, that shouldn't uh, keep Harry and his grandparents from being together. So... It worked out well. Katie had some oral surgery this week. She had her molar, her molars, her wisdom teeth taken out. Um, and we took the kid down. And that way she didn't have like a toddler climbing on her and demanding shit. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Well, she's swollen and stuff. And he's having the time of his life. Oh, yeah. Well, he's outside of the fucking apartment for yeah. the first time in two and a half months. So, And, you know, my father-in-law is is like, is like a mechanic. He's got his own um, garage. And so there's all these big trucks that Harry can climb in oh, and play in. and it's been it. it's been the greatest thing in the world for him so yeah it's just been Katie and I and the dog and it's it's been nice it's fucking bliss right it yeah. is but it's yeah. a different kind of bliss like yeah yeah, yeah. I mean it's I have, a respite you miss him I do miss him I we're going to get him tomorrow um I, I'm not looking forward to him coming, I, that's not. I don't know. I get. I don't. I don't know. David, how to, I don't know how to. I don't know how to deal David, with my feelings. It is. I it guess. is okay for you to miss him and also not, not want, want him, him to around. come back. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. It, it, there's. You know. This is the thing. <laughs> We've kind of gotten into this, and it's. It is. It's. It's this. Uh, it's this purity of thought. I, mm-hmm. uh, the more I. The more I look, it's like there's. There are reasonable arguments that are so easily demonized at this point that they're just basically honest. I mean, it's like the idea yeah. that you are a parent. And any parent, any 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 parent can understand exactly what you're talking about. I was like, I love my son, mm-hmm. yeah, but God damn it, it's been a great week without him here. And do I could could I have a couple more days without my son? Is a normal mm-hmm. and very honest mm-hmm. perspective. And the fact that you feel shitty for saying it yeah. indicates that we have created this 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 false moral clarity in our in yeah. our society that says that you're not allowed to just speak honestly about that yeah and shame on me for that i know better than that that's but yeah you know, I, I mean that's I, totally normal yeah but here and here's the thing if the kid was in a place where he wasn't having a good time like where he wasn't yeah i i wouldn't feel that but like keep it's him, not like he's having yeah. the fucking time it's not of like life. he's fucking oliver right you know it's right. like you know food glory is food yeah. he's yeah. not living that fucking existence he's living right. with his fucking father or your his grandpa yeah. in law or his grandpa and playing in trucks so i mean he's, he's not probably gonna be life. really resentful of us he's gonna be big and fat because he ate a lot of food yeah. because 
that's what grandmas do. Grandmas yep. say, oh, eat more, eat more. And that's, you know, <laughs> that's going to how it works. Yeah, I'm going to feed you. Um, but then he goes back to school or daycare on Monday. So, like, we get him and we'll have him long enough and he'll be cranky and tired because he's had a long, yeah. fun yeah. week and then misses his grandparents and there's no fucking trucks here he can climb in. Um, so he'll be really annoying and then we'll send him off to school, which will be nice because then we can work from home and not have my adorable son banging on the door going, Daddy, play, Daddy, play. Yeah. And I can get some fucking work done. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a quiet... A quiet week without Don you know Hall or Harry Himmel around. You, you know, you know, you know when I hear when I hear you say things like so "I can get some fucking work done." Mm-hmm. You know what I? You know what I hear? I'm not doing enough with Litter Date. Right more cats, cats in the cradle oh. and the silver spoon. Yeah, Jesus. Little no, 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 The man in the ah. moon. Yeah, that's Worst what I hear. Song. I hear some Harry Chapin about where you get to. We'll get together soon, I Dad. That, that song. We'll have a real good time then. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You go. Oh, you're gonna regret all those, and we've got it recorded. So then, like 15 years now from now, when your son won't have a goddamn thing to do with it because he's too busy. Mm-hmm. And you start bitching about, oh, yeah, I feel he doesn't love me anymore. I'm going to play you this recording yeah. of you saying, I'd get some fucking work done. Cats in the cradle. And the- yeah. Okay. There you go. That's all I'm doing. There's, as long as it's not the uh, Christopher Robin, that, that Kenny Loggins shit show oh, of a song. That one's God, it's the worst. Damn it's it. the worst. Yeah. 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 All yeah. right. But yeah, so, but beyond that week, it's been a. It's, well, it's been a very interesting week, week nationally. Again. Again, it continues and, and one to of the, be that way. One of the things that I'm uh, uh, I'm finding very fascinating, and it's what uh, part of I part of the I don't want to be a part of Facebook is, and we talked about this last week, where I'm just like I'm seeding control. I mean, and, and and you know, Dave Chappelle actually makes in his special that he just put out on YouTube. Um, he makes a, he says I'm you know I'm 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 proud of the youth that are out and they're good drivers and I'm happy to be in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And you know and that's you know and it's like I don't even want to be on the, I don't they drive I don't even want to be in the car. Yeah, I've decided I pretty much have decided that okay. And I don't know if this is my best place in society, but society doesn't give a shit that I exist. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a part of the far right. So I'm not arguing, I'm not, you know, demonstrating with my AR-15 in the Michigan house because I can't get a fucking haircut because of freedom. And I'm also not, (laughs) and I'm also not protesting, um, you know, for Black Lives Matter. So I'm really irrelevant at this point. And what that means is I'm separating myself. I'm going to, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to observe and I actually think that's not a bad thing for a writer to be. And I'm, I'm really right. trying to adopt that, again, that Spock sort of like, let's you're, just look at things logically. You're taking a journalist, Spock well, I'm journalist. Ul- I have become the ultimate, you know, as, as Pearson Brown, you know, who who just hates the fact that I am a, a, a centrist. Yeah. I've become um, the 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 more the more I am attacked and, and not even attacked, just sort of like confronted with all of this stridency the less interest I have into being anything but like dead center and really examining where things are at. And I find both sides of the issue because they don't listen to each other, that there's no compromise, that it's all just a whole landmine field, two landmine fields of bullshit. See, that's an interesting thing because it's this, I think what you just said explains American politics and maybe global politics for that matter to a T it's not that you feel strongly one way or the other 
and that's what's made you a centrist. As much as it is, I mean, there is that, but as much as it is that the two sides have like pushed you with their with their bullshit, they pushed well, they forced no one you wants, to the center. No one wants to have. I mean, and I, and I won't say no one. That is that is the thing. What I what I believe, and and quite frankly, the data supports this. So it's not like I'm just talking out of my ass. Social media tends to because it's really used most aggressively by mm-hmm. the two polar, like the two spectrums. Yeah, it makes it feel like most people are on one side or the other, and right. and all the data. Every piece of of, uh, of of scientific information and polling and that kind of stuff indicates that most of the people in the world are closer to the center right. than than to the left or the right, and and that gives me some hope because it means I'm you know I mean for lack of better words I'm not alone and I'm not feeling isolated by these increase you know it, it give me a perfect example because right now I'm I, I'm looking at this is and Dana we're talking about this I am a thousand percent in favor of protests for black lives matter. I really yeah. am. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. I think it's I think it's empowering. And I think at the core, and I believe this, most people in America are in favor of black lives matter. I do. I really mm-hmm. believe if you look at the polling, but I think the ideas, the cult like the the core ideas of black lives matter is that if you're black, you should not. And this is just such, I think it's just basic common sense, but mm-hmm. it's also, it shouldn't be so hard, which is if you're black, you shouldn't be have to be afraid of the police. You shouldn't have to be afraid to wear the hair, you know, the way you wear your hair and be not hired because of that. You shouldn't have to change your name to something that sounds more white in order to get a job. I mean, there, right. there's a million, this is not a radical, that's the thing, this is not a radical concept. Right, right. <laughs> on the flip side, you have people who are, you know, and one of the things I've noticed is taking the energy of that, because that is a righteous cause. Mm-hmm. Fight Protesting against police abuse is a righteous cause. Yeah. Utilizing that energy to then, I'm a Bernie bot, and I'm disappointed that Bernie Sanders didn't get the nomination, so I'm going to utilize this energy to promote that agenda, I find to be a little disingenuous. Of course I find, I yeah. find, I find the entire concept of critical race theory being promoted through this to be, uh, it's, it's, an oppor- it's opportunistic. Um, it is not in keeping with the value. I mean, the, you know, it's one of the things, it, it's like, it's like, Systemic racism. And the yeah. more I've read about this, the less I buy into it. Oh, Primar- systemic racism? Because this is the thing. It's, yeah. it's, uh, there's an argument, and I've been reading, like I said, now that I'm not reading Facebook, I'm actually reading stuff that's interesting and well-written and, mm-hmm. and has a point. Um, and, and there's an argument. Yeah, and this is probably, I mean, I imagine there are Christians and, 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 and Muslims that still probably make this argument, but it was probably a lot more prevalent before the Enlightenment, which is the God is in the gaps argument. Okay. And the God, the God is, is in the gaps argument is you and I are talking about, you know, why does this thing happen? Whatever the thing is. And why does, you know, why does cancer happen? Mm-hmm. And we have this argument and we don't have the science. There's no science that explains the disease. Right. One of us is going to say it's God's will. It's God's will. Yeah. If we can't explain it, if yeah. we can't explain it with numbers, we can't explain it with like rational thought that we're just going to lay it on God. God fills in the gaps, right? Mm-hmm. Systemic racism has been the same thing. It's incredibly mushy. 
I mean, there's because it systemic racism is not the same thing as structural racism, because structural racism is about institutions, specifically about institutions. Systemic racism is about everything, mm-hmm. and it argues that everything boils down to white supremacy. And so, what that means is, if I say, David, um, I've noticed that white people tend to really like mayonnaise more than black people. And I wonder why that's the case. The answer (laughs) from a critical race theorist is systemic racism. It's white supremacy because, of course, white people do it, so it must fill in, it, it fills in the gaps. We can't explain it. So what we do is we just say it's the system. It's a racist system. And I'm finding that's mushier and mushier. And the mushier it gets the more bullshit smell comes off of it. Okay. You know, I mean, I, the, but I mean I, so what is that? Well, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing, I'm, I'm actually, and I, this may or may not be the title that I use. Yeah. Because the title, but again, since I'm not on social media, I don't give a fuck. So I'm going to write whatever I want to write. And I really like that freedom. But right now, the the working title of the piece I'm working on is called McCarthyism in Blackface. Jesus Christ. And uh, here's the thing that I'm, here's here's an example of what I'm talking about. Oh, God. Because if you look at McCarthyism, it was communism was this great evil. Right. And they positioned communism as being the most evil thing in the world mm-hmm. and really eugene mccarthy his big thing or joseph it was joseph, joseph mccarthy yeah. mm-hmm. joseph mccarthy what his big thing was is he would just accuse people of it without any evidence yeah and going a fishing expedition and then stigmatize them in the news mm-hmm. if you had been accused you were guilty and done yeah you lost jobs you were blacklisted there's all this kind of stuff right because yeah. almost nobody was indicted it was it's cancel culture of the of yeah. the 20th century. Yeah, and so yeah. what I, I just read this uh, not too, like yesterday. I thought it was fascinating. There was a, a UCLA professor who, as a part of his, and a white white guy, yeah, don't want to make a big mistake. Who, as a part of his class, decided that it would be especially in, in light of what's going on in the country. Um, he realized that most of his students didn't know Martin Luther King's letter from the Birmingham jail. So he read that. Really? Huh. Well, there's the, the N-word is in that, that speech. Yeah. And he read it, and his students had some problems with the fact that he was a white man reading it to them. Now, this is all part of educating, and his point was, I want you to hear these amazing words, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's doing it to be racist. He's not saying, yeah. fuck off. He's not saying, these are my words. He, that's what he did. And he positioned it. Specifically for that, the time, the reference in yeah, time. And, yeah, yeah, I want you yeah. to, I want you to hear these words. Well, that that started some muckety muck because who the fuck is this white guy reading MLK? That's not yeah. yours to read, okay? And that starts getting burbly. And well, is then it that as, it's not his to read, or the or that the fact that he used the N word instead of saying instead of saying uh, N word? I'm or? I'm sure some of that, but what really okay. sealed the deal because he's been fired. <laughs> UCLA professor's been fired, but the, the 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 corroborating evidence, the thing that really knocked him from, well, this could have been an educational experience, yeah. but the proof, the proof, and I'm using air quotes, the yeah. proof that what he did was a racist thing was that he did he did not post any kind of Black Matter Lives Matter support on his social media. Are you fucking serious? 
I am fucking serious. That was what really tipped him over to getting fired because that was proof. That's weird. According to the activists, that was proof that what he did was racist. He had a racist intent, that it was a white supremacist intent because he didn't openly support the protests on social media. This is the McCarthyism we're starting to face is, is just by, you know, and... Is there white supremacy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is, ev- yeah. is every white person guilty of it? Fuck you. No. That's the stupidest, most relig- quasi-religious, pseudo-intellectual nonsense I've ever heard. I don't buy it. And yes, there's, there's, a- there's a difference between operating in white supremacy and operating in the structural racism well, that we maybe can't uh, well, avoid I- in in the United States today. Well, the thing about it is this, yeah. this creates, and I've said this before, but it's really, really coming to the fore, <laughs> so is, is this quasi-religious thing that says, I mean, the argument, this, the, the, Robin D'Angelo, who happens to be a white corporate speaker, by the way, yeah, who termed, coined the term white fragility, yeah, um, pretty much clearly, and this is the thing I think is so funny, is, is that a lot of people that, I, I, that I'm noticing is like, you should read white fragility, I would bet $1,000 most of those people have not read it themselves. Sure. Because the circular logic in this concept is such, it's, it, I mean, it is, it is you, you're racist and you should admit it. And if you don't admit it, you're still racist, but you're fragile racist. And it's like, this is some circular bullshit, but that's yeah. exactly what she says. It's really nonsense. And so we've, you know, and, and that's the thing is, I don't think, this is my belief, I don't think most thinking people, black or white, young or old, if they read this would go, yeah. Most of them would go, this is fucking not. This is like a cult. This is like reading, this is like going to the Catholic church and being told, yeah, you were born in original sin and you cannot wash it off. And the only way that you can be redeemed from this is if you give us money and profess the belief in Christ. That's the only way you can be redeemed. Otherwise, you are undeniably going to hell. That is exactly the argument that is being made on the far, far fringe left and mostly the academic left. And I think it's really, it's very interesting. Yeah. And the, and, yeah. and, you know, the idea, it's like, you know, it's, it, there's, there's this, Danny used this term the other day when we were talking about it, and I've been thinking about it, the concept of collateral damage. And I agree that when you're making a massive narrative change in the narrative frame of a country, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we're doing, there's going to be some damage. There's going to be some yeah. stuff that's, you know, that's the thing. But I will also say that the idea of collateral damage came from the military to say collateral damage is completely innocent lives destroyed collaterally and to just kind of blindly accept that Mm. using using this sort of uh dehumanizing term collateral damage well yeah you know i'm you know it's like do i like looting no no one likes looting but wait a minute wait a minute have you tried looting no don't knock it till you try it don all right so maybe well just see this thing is i don't want to loot a walmart no, man. You got to go for because, coals. That's what the good shit is. No, no. Fuck that. That's the thing is the argument. The argument is 
here's a bunch of people on, on Rampage and they're looting a Target or they're looting a Walmart or they're looting a Kohl's. And then when people go, you, you know, that's not protest, and you hear the arguments, looting is taking back what was owed to us 400 years ago, yada, 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 and it's okay. And they've got yeah. insurance. They've got insurance and they're the men. Okay. Now, what do you say when you're sitting in your house, white boy, David Himmel, yeah, and 16, 17 protesters break into your house and steal your shit because the argument is the same. You've got insurance. I do. And you're well, white. What I would say is those What's are not the protesters. Those are looters and robbers and criminals. There's a difference. So wait a minute. Oh, there's a difference between a protester looting a Walmart and a protester looting your house? I would not call the looters protesters. I would call I would, I would call the looters opportunists that are are I, I think the problem with the looting is the biggest problem with the looting is that and this is why I don't support that statement of well they need to take back and let it burn and and yeah, I, I don't really give a shit about Coles or Target or whatever fuck yeah, I, it, fuck I don't care exactly but, it's impersonal but what it does is it does put a bad stain and and egg unfortunately and in, in inappropriately egg on the face of the good intent the well-intended protesters yeah i agree you know, that's I agree. why i don't want to loot not because i give a goddamn about yeah, target yeah yeah, yeah. Now, and, and and it's one of those things where i and actually i think that's just one example but because uh, I, I don't do think, care i, I mean, don't actually think most of the protesters and, and again going with the majority i think the majority of protesters are out in the streets they're being because peaceful, they be- and they're marching, because, well, and yeah. regardless of the peaceful, I don't care about the peaceful. It's their intent, and I know we live in a world where impact is more important than intent. And if that's the case, the left is fucked. If right. impact is more important than intent, the left is fucked right now because their impact is not equal to their intent. But I think the intent is we want equal treatment for black people in this country. We want the police to be, I mean, the defund the police thing is, that's probably not the best catchphrase because it's just red meat for the fucking Republicans. But it's, yeah, it's not good it's copywriting. Re- it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's not good copywriting. But the the idea behind it is actually fine. If you have to explain the idea every time you say it, it's probably not a great catchphrase. They but should okay. call it refund the police. That's that's exactly what I wrote. Refund yeah. the police is yeah. is is good. Um, and that's what but, it's aiming to do. Like that that's, is exactly what, yeah. that's the intent, which yeah. is why defund the police. But anyway, I think most people are really do have a very positive outcome look they're looking for a positive outcome mm-hmm. and i think there is a percentage of people whether it's people that are actually protesting people who started protesting people who were bored in their houses and wanted to just jump out and fucking steal something it's, a, it's an and, excuse to leave and, <laughs> and and shills and shills for the republican party to make the protests yeah. look more violent than they actually are i think all that's coming to play yeah um but what does not work for me is when you've got all these other factions that are doing all the looting to have people that are on the side of right, in my opinion, say, yeah, but they should be looting because that's a legitimate form of protest. I don't think, I think destruction of property is absolutely a legitimate form of protest. I love the fact that they're fucking putting ropes around and tearing down yeah. fucking statues of Confederate soldiers. I think when it's that related, is brilliant. When, yes, destroying property that is related to the cause. Exactly. Throwing, throwing a brick through the, the cell phone repair shop in Wicker Park is not, has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. It doesn't really, That's yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and so yes, I think we're, tear down we're in a the, place. The, tear down the, uh, the Robert E. Lee yeah. jerking off his horse statues or whatever they have down in, 
Birmingham. And I think, there, yeah. and the thing is, I think, and that's again, I think there is a much larger, uh, there's there's a larger play at uh, issue at play here, because you know it's like uh, Andrew Alexander, you know, just resigned from Second City with this mea culpa that, you know, he wasn't anti-racist enough and mm-hmm. and blah 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 blah, and so he quit. And uh, what is it, Erica Daniels? I'm, this is just stuff in Chicago because I did. You know, this was before I got off social media, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but Erica Daniels was the executive director of Victory Gardens Theater. They boarded up their windows because they didn't want shit broken. And yep. she got trolled. And so she's resigned. Yeah. And the Victory the guy, Gardens thing is weirder yeah, to the, me than the second the guy, thing. The guy, the guy that uh, is the president of the Poetry Foundation in Chicago just resigned in, in ignominy because um, he was trolled because he put out a you know Black Lives Matter. And this is a guy for the last 10 years doesn't even have any white allies on his board or, or, or in his publication because he is exclusively gone with... I mean, you, there's not a single piece of poetry you can find in the Poetry Foundation that's not anti-racist in some way that mm-hmm. is not following the specific dogma and it still wasn't good enough because he's white. And so now he's, and all I had to say about it, all I'm thinking about it is like, these resignations have fuck all to do with police abuse. Well, I, this is yeah. a, restor- this is a concept of, if you want to be, uh, I don't know, if you want to paint it nicely, this is about restorative justice. If you want to paint it, perhaps more honestly, this is about revenge and I want mine. Mm. And you look at Second City, they appoint Anthony LeBlanc as the uh, the first black executive producer in the entire thing, basically taking over Andrew's position. And then well, there interim. is- interim. Interim. Like we'll, we'll interim. see what happens, but yeah. Well, you know, and, yeah. And, and then you have a whole bunch of very, some very famous um, black actors mm-hmm. put out a, a list of demands, and I actually don't know how that turned out, but a list of demands saying, we want to root out every instance of misogyny and 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 and, and microaggressions and all this kind of stuff. Um, and you know, we want to do it, and you know, just we demand, we demand. And what I read was, okay, that's not, I, you know, I don't, none of the things that they're proposing is necessarily bad. Right. I mean, I actually think, you know, okay, but it, it, it smacks of witch hunt. It smacks of, we're going to try to, it's, it's, cause that's the thing. Microaggressions is a, a really terrible rubric for what racism actually is. It's like the war on terrorism. You can't stop or the war on, what, it, um, what is it that David Cross said years in an old, old bit? Um, he said that the war on terrorism is like a war on jealousy. You'll never stop it. It's like you can't just get rid of it forever. And microaggressions will always exist. I will say this about the Andrew Alexander thing. I had missed it. It was like two days after it happened before it came through. It came across my desk, and I was like, "What the fuck? What I, just happened?" I sent it to you. That's how Did, you got that, it. Okay, yeah. I sent it to you. Yeah. So that's like what a dizzy week this has been in the quiet yeah. of my home. <laughs> but I, I've got. Um, I work with some people that have that were involved in a second. Like I, I know enough people, yeah. and so I was talking to them about it. And it's their stories are worse than I than any involvement that I had with Second City because they were oh, yeah. far more ingrained with it, and they they were told to make some obvious um, sexist and racist and uh, trans home you know LGBTQ phobic oh, yeah. decisions. So I mean, it seems like there was a culture like. Andrew Alexander oh, not totally walking around, was. you know, bootstep or uh, goose stepping, and you know, yeah. wearing a Trump hat, a MAGA hat, or anything like that. But 
sounds like there was some real shit going oh. down. It's not just race. Oh, yeah. It's, it's sex. It's, yeah. yeah. Oh, it but, was a terrible boiling pot of every... Well, that's the thing is, is the idea that uh, funny... Funny tends to be... It's, it's in a comedy theater. Funny mm-hmm. tends to uh, eliminate the need to actually deal with people being dicks. Yeah. Because I was just being and, funny. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. It's just a sense of humor, you know. And the Republicans play that game where they say Trump does, uh, where they say something, really they say it. something yeah. shitty, and then it's well, it was a joke. Well, that's all of Second City. Is it was a joke? Everything's a joke. That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah, they did make some really horrible. So I don't, I don't disagree that there needs to be some serious changes at Second City. Well, that's not overcorrect. But, I mean, because again, but, you can't, you can't yeah. hunt out, you can't stop all microaggressions. You can. I mean, it's, it's no, like you can you actually, it's, no, you actually can stop all microaggressions. You just make everybody so fucking terrified to speak no. anything out of their mind, which is why it's McCarthyism. It's I'm McCarthyism, it's fascism. But, I mean, I'm ever, all, but here's David, the thing is that we're David, all for have, this stuff. Like, let's, David, what? Have, you, have you ever been a racist? Have you ever had a party with a racist? Were you ever in a room with a racist? Yes. You know, then you're guilty of it. Yeah, that's okay. what McCarthyism is. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I heard I had a I had a guy because uh, Tom Hanks was at a Jeffrey Epstein party once or maybe f- five times. I don't know how many times. I didn't find it, but basically, his his he just looked at me when they were talking to me because you know Tom Hanks is a pedophile. I right. said, I beg your pardon. He goes, he's a pedophile. I said, where the fuck did you hear that? And yeah. I've met Tom Hanks, and he didn't. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't like, you know, fucking a little child in front of me. So I was, I wouldn't have met, but he was a nice guy. And I was like, where did you hear that? Well, he was, I know, I was just like shocked. And he goes, well, he was, he attended some of those Jeffrey Epstein parties. I said, how does that follow that because he was at a Jeffrey Epstein party, he's a pedophile? Well, was he at one of those Jeffrey Epstein parties or was he just at like well, a party the, where Jeffrey Epstein? You know, that's you know the thing like, is, there's a difference between a pedophile the, party and a party with a pedophile. But that's why this is becoming more like McCarthyism every single day is that all you have to do is read the Martin Luther King uh, yeah. letter from Birmingham and then re- and then fail to put a black square on your Instagram and you're fired. It's yeah, it's it's a really fine line to equality and justice and and being good, because if, if we got to get rid of of Andrew Alexander to make Second City a better place, fucking do it. Do it. Fine. OK. Um, it sounds like the Yale professor, a bit much, especially if you're going to consider that because he didn't do a black square or whatever it was on his social yeah. media. Like, that is stupid. So it's a fine line between doing the things you need to do to make things right and then going too far in an effort to protect them. It's almost like the Bush administration, W's administration, with the Patriot Act and all the overcorrection that ended up happening that at first we were fine with because in the moment we're like, yes, please protect us. Holy shit, what the fuck is going on? Which building are they going to knock down next? Uh-huh. Oh my God, Anthrax. Holy Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Listen to my cell phones. Fuck, I have nothing to hide. Just go, keep me safe. I get it. But then once we calm down a little bit and those things start to take real effect, then we, then we realize, realize that taking our shoes off our at ass. the airport is stupid. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is a read. It's in the Atlantic, in the culture section, uh, written by Sophie Gilbert. Uh, This is titled The Unreality of Cops, the TV show. For 32 seasons, the longest-running reality show in history sold a valorizing view of police that's never seemed more out of touch. 
We talked about this last week. Yeah. My, I, yeah, and I, I, I have read that, and it's a very good piece. Um, mine is in New York Magazine. Um, Andrew Sullivan, is there still room for debate? Yeah. And here's a quote from it. The orthodoxy goes further than suppressing contrary arguments and shaming any human being who makes them. It insists, in fact, that anything counter this view is itself a form of violence against the oppressed. It's a it's a good article. Andrew's a little bit more of a neocon than I want, you know. But I but that doesn't mean he's wrong. Um, if you read it with a little like a little bit of salt, he still has really interesting arguments to make, and he's and he's he's a good writer. So and he's a neocon, you said. I uh, a little bit. He's uh, yeah. He's a little. He's a little bit. He's a little bit of that. Uh, he's a little bit too right for my taste. Like I I don't think I'd want to like. I wouldn't run on a ticket with him. Yeah. But I I get the impression that he is as right as I am left, which means okay. I'm I'm pretty left, but I'm a little closer to center than most. I think he's pretty right, but a little closer to center than most. And so I can find neocons are we're well, neocons are Wolfowitz and yeah yeah I, he, okay so maybe he's not that he's gay so he can't really be a Wolfowitz guy. <laughs> Just I don't think that's possible. I don't think that's possible. So whatever. All right. My next thing is a listen. Uh, it's a podcast called The Uncertain Hour. Uh, it's from Marketplace, if you know the uh, mm-hmm. the radio program, uh, NPR. Um, yeah, The Uncertain Hour. So it's basically um, each season covers a certain uh, topic. And I started listening at season three, which discusses the drug, the war on drugs, America's war on drugs. Um, it's interesting because it, it talks about like the what is their like tagline? It's, she says something at the end of every episode. The history that we, or the topics that we often fight about, but know very little about, something like that. So it's you know yeah. it gives context to these, to these big arguments where all of us will jump on the, jump up at the dinner yeah, we're table. All, we're all ah, and we epi- know fuck all. We're all about epidemiologists it. Yeah. Right. on Twitter. Right. Yeah, right. mine is also a listen. Uh, my second is a listen. It's uh, the Idiots podcast. And it is spelled eight zero I T S idiots. Um, these guys, uh, you know, they they they. It's very interesting because basically, their the the episode is problematic nineteen eighties films, and they interviewed me to talk about my pieces, problematic films, problematic movies of the eighties. What I found yep. very interesting about the conversation, and I don't even think it's, I don't see myself this way, is I saw my writing of those sort of me responding and almost kind of winking at people that think these things are problematic. Uh And these guys approach me like, you're this fucking woke dude who wrote these pieces about problematic movies we love. And it was like, oh, see, I forget that they don't know me personally. So that's what they're getting. And I don't have a problem with it because that's what they got from the pieces. But it was Mm -hmm. a really good, it was a good conversation. Um, I thought it was a good podcast. It was fun. Their, Their wrap up was kind of, that's what I would say is if you, if you, I don't care if you listen to their interview, listen to some of the interview, but definitely stick around for the last like five minutes because their wrap up from the discussion to me was more interesting than anything I said. Okay. So it's, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. They were All great right. guys. Yeah. Uh, that was cool that they, they reached out to you about that. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, my and, next thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. No. Was, uh, my third thing this week is uh, it's a watch on Netflix. Have a good trip, adventures and psychedelics. Uh, oh yeah, this is yeah. It's uh, it's a documentary, you know, an hour and a half long documentary about psychedelics. Um, and Tripping it, balls, yeah, yeah. And it interviews 
celebrities. So like um, Nick Offerman and Sting and Adam Scott, Sarah Silverman. Uh, yeah, so they, all, they tell their story, like the good stuff and the bad. Yeah. <clears throat> and all it's made me want to do is is drugs. <laughs> like, there you go. There you go. Just, that's I'm all makes like, you want to go do some, you want to go do some mushrooms. Yeah. I just want to do some shrooms. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And my third thing is a watch. Um, the thing that's very interesting is, and it's what I, uh, uh, there's, there, there, this is not so much a comedy special as it's, uh, he, he wanted to call a press conference and doesn't do that. So he does comedy specials. So this is more, uh, a very honest, it's a bit of a lecture. Um, there are some funny moments, but what I what I love about this, and it's one of the things Dave Chappelle is always fascinating to me, is watching him go from just a comic, yeah, to becoming this this very funny and interesting social commentator. And there's been a lot of comparisons about what this doc, what this piece kind of positions Dave Chappelle to be. In my opinion, it means that Dave Chappelle is becoming our Lenny Bruce. Why can't because, Hannah Gadsby be our Lenny Bruce? Because she's not funny um, <laughs> at all in any way, shape, or form. But Dave it sound, Chappelle it sounds like the same kind of stuff, just Dave, a taste yeah, and funny. Dave Dave Chappelle, uh, eight forty six, eight minutes forty six seconds. It's a, it's just sort of an impromptu. It's very interesting because uh, you know if you go, you start. It's like it's outdoor venue, right? Mm-hmm. And people have their 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 temperatures taken, and the seating is like painted on the grass and sort of social distancing that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's him on a stage with his red solo cup and his cigarettes, and it is there are funny moments, but there are some really raw when he talks specifically about George Floyd and specifically about Eric Garner. Um, he gets he gets he gets you know Philando Castile. He gets very honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, you don't expect anything less from Dave Chappelle, but it is, yeah. uh, it's only 27 minutes, but it is a powerful fucking 27 minutes. Okay. I, I highly, yeah. highly recommend it. I'll give it a go. I'll watch, I'll watch the psychedelic thing again. I'll do a shit ton of acid, a sheet of acid, and then watch David, uh, Dave Chappelle's 27 minutes of Hannah Gadsby. And that's the show. That's it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. See you on Facebook. Not me. <laughs> You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.